You're listening to 2, 5, and 10, your source for bullshit-free NHL news, analysis, and insights. Now, here are your hosts, Kevin Naughton and Ben Stewart. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 89 of 2, 5, and 10. This is actually a very good episode because uh, hockey. We got hockey. What up, Benny? Hockey, 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 right? We got some some breaking, not breaking, but like relatively recent news about a potential framework for the season. Uh, exciting there. A little bit of surprising based on how long they're planning on having the season, but we'll see if they get there. But if everything holds up, we're about a month away from opening night. Uh, yeah, correct. About a month away, uh, a lot of the Euros I saw are now finally starting to jump back on a planes and head back over, so getting in the quarantine. I know that a lot of players did not want to give up Christmas, but I-, I think they'll be having Christmas here with their families. Yeah, and we'll get into how the divisions are going to look like and the travel and the advantages here and there, but after everything that's gone on, just keeping it hockey-related to be in a position to have a 75% normal length schedule. I mean, it's not going to be the same uh, schedule makeup as usual, obviously. But to be able to be in a position to have that and potentially come playoff time, to have fans in the arena, like, at limited capacity, obviously, but crazy to me. Like, never thought in a million years the NHL would be able to pull off and hit that many, there was many, that many benchmarks in the season for 2021. No, I agree completely. Uh, as for right now, this was the word that came out. Someone had spoke to an owner, and it seems like we are having the NHL season will begin on January 13th, and there will be a 56-game season. I'm with you. I did not expect that much length of a season. I did not think it was going to be 56 games. Obviously, I think... The owners here are trying to get as much as they can out of their TV deals. So I think they're trying to lengthen Mm -hmm. that out a little bit. And with the big national TV deal coming up this year, like this is a very pivotal season for the NHL. Yeah. And we were talking about that weeks ago where they were talking about, oh, the owners might want to cancel a season. They can't cancel a season because then they would not only would they lose any type of revenue, but then they would have to give back revenue to NBC, to their local TV partners because of the contracts. They're, they're legally required to provide a certain amount of uh, games and hours on television to the, these TV partners. And that's what happened during the last lockout. The NHL had to pay back a lot of TV deal money. So that I don't think that was ever a realistic threat. So they get to a point where, like you said, they're trying to get that revenue and there was the idea floated. Uh, people haven't heard of several handful of teams are contemplating having multiple outdoor games during the season as a way to because it's not an arena, it's not enclosed. Football and baseball stadiums are much larger. You can have eight thousand people at Yankee Stadium if you had a Rangers or Islanders, which is half of an arena, and at least get some gate revenue that way. Um, but I don't know if that's realistic or not, if the NHL is going to allow that, because that might dilute the Winter Classic on a year's day every year. So 
I think that's a long shot, but the fact that is that the NHL wants to wrap up their season by the end of July to latest for two reasons. One, the Summer Olympics, which NBC obviously is hosting, so the NHL playoffs need to wrap up. And two, they apparently want to get started next season on a normal schedule. So I know we talked about maybe they're going to do a January puck drop to start the year moving forward so they don't have to compete with the NFL as much. But apparently they're trying to get back to September training camps, October opening night. Yeah, I think part of that is huge just for that TV deal, just so they can say this is the revenue you can bring home off of X amount of games in a season. So whether that be good, whether that be bad, I guess that's the NHL's focal point. But getting back to normalcy is is crucial for them. I mean, just for us, I can only imagine. It's strange for me for it being this close to Christmas and there is no hockey. It's just weird, like... I remember talking to Cunny one time, and he's like, yeah, Kev, like, you know, once his uh, school hits and the kids go back to school, like, you know, I start seeing the leaves on the trees start churning colors a little bit. He's like, and that's when I know it's time to get back to work. He's like, it's awesome. It's, like, built into me. That's the way it is. He's like, and now it's it's different. <laughs> it's creatures of habit, man. Yeah, legitimately. And uh, just think back to where we were this time last year, like, I spent some time over the weekend listening to our podcast from last uh, December. No idea, obviously, of what was about to hit us. And just talking about, like, just the bullshit of what was going on around the league. And being like, oh, this is, like, the biggest story. These guys are getting fired. Jim Montgomery, uh, the whole uh, uh, Bill Peters situation. And then two months later, like, okay, NHL has shut down. <laughs> yeah, the curveball no one saw coming. Yeah, so just to get into a little bit more of the specifics, obviously, as Kev mentioned, they're talking about a 56-game regular season. Uh, Training camps open as early as January 1st, and that's for the teams that weren't in the play-in tournament. They're going to get an extra five to seven days of training camp. There's still no word on if there's going to be any uh, preseason games. A lot of coaches and players say one at the most uh, just because they want to condense as much time as possible for the regular season. On uh, January 13th is when the regular season would kick off, and there would also be a fourth division realignment. So the much-talked-about all-Canada division looks like it's coming to fruition. Obviously, that's going to be Vancouver, Edmonton, Calgary, Winnipeg, Ottawa, Toronto, Montreal. And then the other three divisions, which is where it gets really interesting, uh, based on either matchups or travel, you have Boston, Buffalo, New Jersey, the Islanders, the Rangers, the Flyers, Penguins, and Caps in one division, which I think is a gauntlet. That's and a then you have, division. yeah, and then you have Carolina, Columbus, Detroit, Chicago, Florida, Minnesota, Nashville, and Tampa Bay. That's, uh, I mean, I feel like that division. You have Chicago, and Minnesota, kind of getting run over a little bit with the time zone changes. Basically, every game that's not home. Uh, and then going all the way down to Miami for home games, uh, for away games consistently. And then the division out west, Anaheim, Arizona, Colorado, Dallas, L.A., San Jose, St. Louis, and Vegas. And again, that's Dallas and St. Louis having to deal with multiple time zone changes uh, and additional travel. So any takeaways from those division alignments of who potentially might have been on a bubble or the third best team in their division under normal circumstances, suddenly leaps to the top here. Yeah, I mean, uh, you brought up Boston division. Like, 
Woof. I mean, we had just alone in that division last year, there was three teams that were in the round robin. They weren't even in the playoffs to start. So that's going to be a shakeup yeah. off the top. Um, the Islanders, yet again, I mean, they, they've been a strong team consistency like these last couple of years. You guys are on the surge up. New Jersey has a revamped roster. I mean, I think Buffalo kind of wears it on the chin here. That That is what it is. Yeah, but I mean, New Jersey. <laughs> look, let's not forget, we still have Sid and Malkin down in Pittsburgh, too. So it's like, mm-hmm. that's a little bit scary of a division. One thing I wanted to bring up to you, I, I brought up to you before the show, is when it comes to travel, I think we're going to see a completely different NHL roster. And, and you spoke of earlier going back to last year's episode. I think it was close to the time right about now where Jonathan Taves brought up the NHL and how they need to be go green and be better with travel. And I think yep. now it's finally going to come to fruition here. Um, that division right there, for example, I'll use Boston. The Bruins can go to New York City. They can stay in one hotel. They could play the Rangers twice, the Islanders twice, and the Devils twice and stay in the same place just for travel concerns. Then they could go down to Philadelphia, play the Flyers twice. They could go to Washington, play Washington twice. Then they can go out to Pittsburgh, and then they can fly out to Buffalo and then come home. And that's a portion of your season that you just hit. And I mean, it doesn't really seem that long because before you'd have these 10 to 14 day West Coast swings. Now you're in the same time zone the whole time. And in relative, like the New Jersey, the Islanders, Rangers one, there's no travel there. Once you're in New York, you're you're in New York. The, those are right next to each other. That's not anything. Going to Philadelphia from New York, an hour train ride, you're there. Take the bus. That's an hour and a half. Okay. Go down to Washington from Philly, about the same distance again. And then it would just be going west to Pittsburgh, which would be a little bit longer. And then it would be finally flying to Buffalo. But I think travel-wise, you're not really hampered here. What I would like if the NHL did do something like that is this. We've seen throughout the years where a team will play the, play somebody once in October, late October. Yep. Something happens. Now you don't play them again until February. So, so now you're sitting on something until February. I like how this could kind of end up being like the AHL schedule. Like you play someone back-to-back nights or they're going to be there. You play them on a Friday, take a day off, play them on a Sunday or play them Thursday, then play them Saturday. I just like the fact that if it's something's going to be mean and nasty, now you can dress guys for that game too. And that can change and dictate everything. I love it if the NHL would do something like that. I don't know if they will or they won't, but the fact of retribution and the fact of nastiness and the fact of all that could possibly come back to the game i love yeah and going back to the travel before i touch on that really quick artem anisimov was drafted by the rangers he came up the rangers he was part of the rick nash deal uh to columbus so he basically spent most of his career early part of his career in the eastern conference and he ended up in Chicago, and he said in an interview a few years back, one of the worst things about playing in Chicago and playing in Western Conference is the brutal travel mm-hmm. because Chicago has to go to Vancouver, and then they come back to Chicago before flying to Dallas and then going to Arizona. And he said in playing for the Rangers, you know, we would have five games in seven days, but it would be two at home, one on a road against New Jersey, 
then down to Philly, then over to Long Island, and then up to Boston. He's like, so it wasn't travel at all. He's So that's one thing to keep an eye on, especially for some of these older teams in the division we were talking about, not having to worry about all these West Coast road trips. So you get a little bit of a break for Ovi, for Malkin, for Crosby, for some of these older guys in our division. That's likely going to enhance their output for even a shortened season. Um, the other thing is, this was mentioned on The Athletic, I forget the writer, but using Matthew Kachuk as an example of how he plays his game, and now he's going to have to play the same six teams over and over and over, night after night after night. And how is, is he going to change his game? Is he still going to play the same game, and then he's going to get more retaliation against it? So I think that's one angle to look at. If you're looking at Marchand or Kachuk or guys like that, how does his schedule alter their game? And if it doesn't, then how do other teams react to their style of play? Oh, yeah. No, I agree with that completely. I, I just like the fact that if you do something, you're going to have to answer to it. And yep. this makes people now bringing back a fourth line guy to handle their business, which I love. Like This could bring back heavyweights back into the league. And just for one purpose, just for if shit gets out of hand, I'm here to solve it. On the other oh. end, like you said, of Kachuk and Marshan, just two examples, they are going to have to play that line as close as they can to still be effective because that's what makes them good, is being able to play that line, get into people's heads, and things like that, where, hey, you know what? Marshy said blah 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 with me tonight you know rattled me a little bit that's fine but it would be the other part of hey Marshy came and slew footed me tonight I'm gonna fucking kill him tomorrow <laughs> like you, you know yeah. so it's just one of those things of it, it's gonna be very detrimental to your team but now I think the other part of it too is the NHL office is gonna have their hands full trying to stop these things like how many just do you think we're gonna see just strictly one-game suspensions so stuff doesn't boil over to the next game. Well, you know how the, the announcers always casually mention pregame, oh, the NHL offices spoke to the referees who warned both teams about tonight's game. This, like, both teams are going to be warned before every game. Listen, cut the shit out. Like, we can't have a brawl for all. Like, it's 1983 here. We have a national audience. Like, a lot of eyes are going to be on us. We need to showcase the game. I think um, one so thing I think that's like you be said an ongoing there... conversation. One thing you said there, too, that's crucial is the refs. Like, travel for the refs isn't going to have to be that bad either because they could stay in a couple of places. Like, they could be the referees for back-to-back -back nights, which, yet again, they're not being dumped into the fire in the sense of, oh, crap, last yeah, night they these had guys back, played. Back record. Yeah, it's like, hey, we, we refereed the game last night, and if they let it get out of hand, the refs can wear it. Or if the players get out of hand, the players can wear it. At least there's some sort of substance for the fans. And that gives you know, more rest and time to recover for Wes McCauley, so he gets even more emphatic with his calls. Oh, dude, Wes is going to be killing it out there. <laughs> um, two more things about this before we can move on uh, from my end. The first thing is we're looking at a 56-game regular season at most. Obviously, this is changed if something happens between now and then with COVID. Or if during the season there's an outbreak, like we've been seeing with the NFL, games being delayed, games being canceled. I also think that's why there's going to be a maybe a four- or five-man taxi squad for teams 
because who knows if the AHL is going to play? They haven't announced anything either, as far as I know. So some of these prospects and depth guys might be beneficial to just at least skate with the team and have scrimmages and stuff just to you know, stay fresh over the course of a year and a half now. Um, but if there's an outbreak on a team, at least those guys have been with the team. It's a taxi, like being in isolation, um, and they can step in. So there's not like two weeks of cancellations that impact every team around the league. The other thing is you have a 56-game regular season. Reduced travel. Is this a situation? Because Boston can't afford to bring back Sedania Char at this point. Unless he wants to play for the minimum or a mill. You know, my boys have a pretty glaring hole on top pair of left D right now. I have a little bit of cap space. <laughs> if you want Z, you can take him. I mean, we're, we're already in trouble on our defense. So at this point, I mean, what's the difference? I would just love to see Bergie finally wear the C. That That's just what I want. Oh, yeah. And then uh, Chara and Chuba on a first pair. It's a little height. There's a little height differential there. <laughs> um, I don't know if you had anything else uh, about this. Uh, actually, really quick. Western, uh, the All Canada Division. Who wins that? Mm. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm going Vancouver. Okay. A lot of people are worried about some of their, their losses, but I think Holtby is going to be fine. I think Holtby is going to be fine too. I I think Demko's a great goalie too. So I think they got the two headed monster in net. They did have some losses. Like I don't like the loss at Foley. I do like what is being built there, and I think that they have a mm-hmm. severe home ice advantage, even during COVID times, no one in the arena. Just Vancouver, there's something different about there. There's the Roxy. There's all these places. Like It's just beautiful. People go there. It's. I just think it's always been one of those places that's been very difficult to play. Granted, I mean, you look at what Edmonton has. Could they be the guys? Maybe, but I've never really liked... Edmonton outside of their offense, like their D's a little I bit mean, better this Smith year. Cuskin and back in goal, like they didn't solve anything. No, I I agree, and it's hard for that team to make a run when you got Mike Smith and that. And I I was gonna lean yeah. towards Calgary, but they hosed me last year, so I I stayed away <laughs> from them. I know a lot of people picking Toronto because they're finally added a shadow of Boston and Tampa, but I don't think they're. I mean, obviously they have elite talent up front, but. So does Vancouver and so does Calgary right now. And my pick, obviously this is the same caveat for every team. I think I got, not I, I think Carey Price has one more run in him. I think Montreal wins the division. Well, I was going to say, when you said Toronto, I was going to say, you better be careful with that because I'm pretty sure Montreal could take them right now. (laughs) Yeah, I think Montreal, if Anderson's healthy, like, I still think their D is average at best, even with Weber. Um, Petrie, I think, is a little overvalued at this point. I like the Edmonton edition, but Price and Goal, and then they have some depth down the middle. They added a few guys in the wings, I think, and the coaching. Let's say what you want, but like, they're not going to be blown out of the barn 56 games out of the season because of their coaching. So I think they have just as good of a chance as anybody in that division of winning it. I will say this. For Ottawa, what a great year to be able to introduce a lot of those younger kids that they had coming up from the AHL and from junior 
to yeah. just get their feet wet in the NHL. I think next season when there's no finally, <laughs> uh, oh yeah, well it's like next season though when these guys already have a year of experience under their belts from this year, Ottawa's gonna take off. Mm. Hopefully they don't pull a Buffalo where every year it's our year. No, no, no. I, I, Ottawa's real deal, real deal. Yeah, I still think they're a little further away than that, but yeah, I think they're gonna be a fucking problem for like the next seven to 10 years. Yeah. I was going to say they're um, taking the league by storm really quick. No in-depth analysis here. My four division winners subject subject to change, depending on one smooth start reopening here. Since teams are getting an idea of potential revenue, I'm going Montreal, Colorado, Carolina, and I'm going to go Washington. I agree with you with Washington. I think in that other division, I think Tampa's going to take that. And I want to say Colorado, but Vegas hasn't done me wrong. I know they're still in a whole bunch of cap trouble just by getting Petrangelo, but I think they'll take the regular season. I don't think they're going to do anything I, I in the playoffs. I can't win just because of their retro jerseys. That, that's fair. So, I mean, St. Louis was out <laughs> then, too, for the Red. You weren't going to St. Louis yeah. either. <laughs> um, all right. So, moving on we'll get into i know we briefly talked about this as well um just a random thought i was having a conversation with a few of my buddies off air and we we're talking about if you can build any starting six from any players around the league who would you who would you pick and it was interesting because i would say three quarters of them went just best player at each position including lefty righty and one i think that's a cop out that's just really easy to do the other people who went with, okay, this guy usually plays well. This type of winger, this defenseman needs a guy like this. I think it's more fun and exciting. So I figured we bring that up. We would bring that up here and see what your thoughts were. I can lead off if you want and go with my starting six. Or would you want to kick off? No, I'll go. I, I just think that mentally, I, I think I'm more of like a team GM as I am than like a fantasy mm. GM. Play it like I think it would have to be a. A full-on team, which I'd be better. All at. that video room work, man. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, I got time. Maybe next week I'll come up <laughs> with a, you know, a full roster as to what I'd go with. But um, if I'm going go-tos, this is where I have to go. Victor Hedman and Roman Yossi. I mean, those are the cream of the crop when it comes to defensemen. That's where I'm going to go. Am I going to get chirped a little bit for being maybe needing to be a little bit tougher there? Maybe, but for the amount of minutes that Yossi and Hedman play, I don't care. They'll play the whole game. Like That's that's the way <laughs> I, I see it. Uh, it's hard not to go McDavid. It just the speed alone, uh, you mm. just can't really overlook it. I did go a left wing and a right wing, though. I didn't just say McDavid, McKinnon, uh, Dreisaitl, or Crosby. Yeah. Uh, so I went on the left wing. I went with Brad Marchand. I think he, he gives you a little bit of grit and sandpaper, and he can also put 40 goals away, so m makes people hate him a little bit more. And then I went on the right side. I went with your boy Artemi Panarin. So I figured nice. that makes that good. And then in net, I, I think it's hard to go away from Andre Vasilevsky. I think he's just the best goalie in the game. Granted, I think he also has the best team in front of him in the game, but I'm going Vassy. All right. My one feedback is you're going to have a very disgruntled, Ignomatic Russian superstar in your hands with Panarin playing on his offside. He'll, I know he's he'll a right live. Shot, but he'll he's, live. He's, 
he hates playing right wing. Um, yeah, I mean that's basically even though it wasn't a fantasy GM pick, that's just, if that's a all star starting six, so hard to go wrong there. Mine's a little more unconventional, I guess you would say. I still try to do best at their position, but with an eye, like you did, like with an eye towards how their style of play meshes. And some of it, like you're going to get chirped with the Headman and Yossi pair. I'm going to get chirped because I left a lot of good guys off just for the style of play. So starting in the, on the back end, obviously Victor Headman, lefty. Like I don't think he can go with anybody else but him. His defense partner, though, Jacob Slavin. Ooh, okay. I'm going for a right-hand shot, two-way defenseman who can add a little bit of size. I mean, Hedman's not small, but more of a gritty type of uh, playing style. Let Hedman do his thing. Also because my forwards up front are not physical in any way, shape, or form. (laughs) They are not not soft, but they are not physical. So I'm going with Patrick Lane, right wing. Got the uh, sharpshooter, centered by Patrice Bergeron. Ooh. With Artemi Panarin on the left side. So you got the two-way left winger, two-way center, covering up the deficiencies of Lane, but then you have Panarin and Bergeron just creating plays and setting up Lane for that one-timer from the top of the circle. And in goal, and right now, I'm not going to look with it. I still <laughs> even think at you know, 48, I still don't think Hank's a bad pick here. Uh, I'm going John Gibson. I mean, John Gibson's a good goalie. I I think, unfortunately for him, he's kind of stuck in Anaheim, which I don't think he's mad about due to, I mean, not a bad place to be weather-wise, you know, a little little weather, a little ocean, a little, yeah, I think he's not. Yeah, I think he's had an off year, too, back-to-back, especially the shortened year and everything, but I think you get him out of that situation. He's a competitive guy. He's played well for Team USA. I think his play really just jumps off if he's, on a more competitive team, and he's still only 27. Um, so I know a lot of people go Vasilevsky, some might go Carey Price, um, but I'm going to go with the American-born kid who's shown a little little grit and has been battle-tested. I like it. I, I wonder if I should have went like Thatcher Demko now, just completely <laughs> put a monkey wrench at you know? Dude, I would, I would melt down if you did that. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, another fun topic we were talking about during the week this was posted, I think it was by, was it NHL.com or Sportsnet, one of those two on Instagram. They asked the question, if you could play for any team slash city that's not your own or not your favorite team, where would you play? And I, I know, per usual, I, I didn't have one answer. Like, I was yeah. complete <laughs> monkey wrenched on this because I'm like, I responded to you, I'm like, do you go for tradition? Like, do you go original six and do you play for like the Rangers or Chicago? I, I hear Chicago's just insanity, New York's a time. Or do you go for like personal benefit? Like, do you go for the weather? Do you go to Tampa or Florida? Or do you go to LA or Arizona for the weather, the golfing? Just, I mean, LA, you could, you're like a D class citizen there like you know like you're not even on the celebrity guest list you can almost go there live a normal life i mean do you go to nashville and rip it up like i was so torn um i think here though for myself 
I would probably go the Jimmy VC route, and I would probably go play for the Rangers right. because I'm I'm still close enough to home that if I need to get there, I can be in and out. If they want to come in for a weekend, it's not bad. I believe the travel aspect is crucial just for wear and tear on your body. I mean, you get the black car service everywhere you go in New York. That's definitely a huge benefit. Um, Got a whole asshole. You have the Greenberg-Westchester for practice, though. That, that, that's all right. I mean. All right. Take Metro North. <laughs> yeah, like, I just think it just. I think it would be awesome. Like, you hear, like, some people every time they make a bucket list, like, one of them's always live in New York or live in London or something. So I think being a professional sports athlete there wouldn't be too bad. Um, MSG, when the place is going, the place is rocking. I think Mr. Murph may let me rent one of his bedrooms. So, you know, I'd probably pay cheap <laughs> rent. So, um, We'll see. I think uh, I think that's where I'd play. All right. It's not a bad pick because even if you're a guy on a level of Henrik Lundqvist during his prime, he obviously had a very large fan base here in New York. But for the most part, he could still walk down the streets in Manhattan and not be bothered like he would if he was just starting goaltender for the Toronto Maple Leafs as good as he was. So I think that's also a benefit. You get the big city, you get New York, you get everything that goes with it, original six. You can still kind of live a semi, you know, secluded life if you wanted to. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think anyone was picking Toronto. I don't think anyone's doing that. (laughs) And John Tavares regrets 11 million reasons why he did that. Just throwing that out there. Well, he's got his uh, adult-sized pajama set out of the deal, too. I mean, that that's all. That was the only thing that the the Maple (laughs) Leafs threw in for free was the (laughs) adult-sized pajamas. I was also going to say, if you pick of the Rangers, following the Jimmy VC route, be ready for Marshy to chirp you for choosing the wrong team. That's all right. I would line up with Marshy on the draw, and I would just ask him how the hot dogs smell. <laughs> um, I'm going to bail you out a little bit because I also sent you two picks, and my main pick was Vancouver because, one, the scenery, the city's great get to play for a Canadian team, which is almost like playing for an original six team in the U.S., even if they're not original six. Uh, Devoted fan base, just for the most part, an organization that has their shit together. So I think that would be a great place to play. If that was the only consideration, I'd go Vancouver. But if I'm talking about like an actual NHL player who's having to worry about salary and everything else, I'm going Dallas. No state income tax. That's why McDonough stayed in Tampa in the state of Florida. He signed for quote-unquote less. So no state income tax on my salary. Warm weather. Dallas is a good franchise as well. And centrally located to travel usually isn't too bad. So I'm going to go Dallas is my fallback if we're worrying about money. If not, Vancouver number one. See, if I was going warmer weather, I'd go Tampa all day. Just I lived in Tampa, man. I can't do it. See, I'm thinking it the other way. Wife and kids, I'm an uh, an hour or so away from Disney. I could ship them That's there true. three nights a week. Like I think it would be all right. That's true. Me and Scoot uh, went down when in 2012 when we were like two years out of college and we're just too slow. We we're like young 20 something year olds. I think that kind of clouds my judgment there. Oh well, yeah. I mean, it, it is partially a retirement home, so you have to plan <laughs> correctly. There's like just a side note. Like we got this place on the. We lived on the beach, literally in a marina, a gated community in a marina on St. Pete Beach. Like you can walk to the to clear water if you wanted to. And there's a sweet setup. But if you went anywhere but the marina or your beach, there was fucking 
nothing. And the city of Tampa at that time, I know it's gotten a little bigger, but once midnight rolled around, those streets were dead. So like coming from New York and then going to school in Boston, the two of us are just like, we got to get out of here. That lasted <laughs> all of two years. He, he went off to San Diego and then I joined a freaking Peace Corps and went to Namibia. That's how bad Tampa was. <laughs> I mean, when you have all the money in the world, though, I'm sure you can dictate it a little bit more. Yeah, and like you said, the family life, like, at that point, yeah, I think Tampa is a pretty good pick there. Yeah, so, you know, it, it just, it, it all depends. And you brought up a big thing, too, with the state tax, where a lot of people, Brian Burke brought this up when he was on the Spit and Chicklets podcast, where... Uh, as a GM, he would come up to guys and say, hey, we're thinking about dealing you. Where's your no-trade list? And he goes, the no-trade list would basically be all the Canadian teams just because yeah. they didn't want to get hit that bad for taxes. And, uh, and also playing Winnipeg and Edmonton in the winter. Uh, that I will politely decline with. I do not want <laughs> any part of that. Um, if you had to choose, though, taking out – we're going to eliminate Canada, the Canadian teams, for obvious reasons, like you just said. But we're also going to eliminate the Sun Belt teams. Mm. You ha- you have to play somewhere that isn't your. We're going back in time here, Kev. You're 25, but you're going to be single in this scenario. You're not playing in New York because it's cold weather. You're playing out west or in the Midwest. Where are you playing? You know where I'm going. I'm going to a place that partially has it all. I'm going to Nashville. Uh, Nashville gets a little bit colder. They get some snow sometimes. So, you know, you get a little bit of the fall. You get some winter. And then if you're single and you're ripping it up to play for the Preds, you just walk legitimately right right across the street, right to Broadway, and just fucking rip it up. I'm going to Nashville. The first lady and I went, we did our cross-country road trip, which seems like 25 years ago at this point. Um, One of our stopovers was in Nashville, and it was on a Tuesday night. And we're like, oh, well, We'll go get some hot chicken in Nashville, maybe go to one or two bars, get a drink, just walk around a little bit. She had never been in Nashville before. And it was a Tuesday night, and people were, like, hammered as shit in the middle of the street. I'm like, Jesus Christ, I know when I came here, it was a weekend, everybody was hammered, but it's a Tuesday night. Like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> so I can only imagine what it was like when it was the Preds making that run to the Stanley Cup, and the city was alive and really cemented their status as a hockey city. So, again, not a bad choice. And you, you'd stick with Dallas? Yeah, I'm. well, if I'm eliminating the quote-unquote Sunbelt teams, like Gary Bettman used to freaking call the expansion teams in the South. Um, so that eliminates, I guess, Dallas, even though it's not expansion. I would go St. Louis. I like it. All right. Just great fan base. Great city to play for, too. Maybe not the, the greatest city, but like great city to play for as an NHL player. Um, all right, so we got today in NHL history. Uh, like you said, it's weird. It's middle of December, but there's no hockey actual game talk going on. So then now we're getting to today in NHL history, and there's actually game stuff about today in NHL history. Yeah, and I'm like, wait, history. it's the off season. How's the game being <laughs> played? Um, but going back to 1989, the NHL announces that it will expand to 28 teams from 21 within the next 10 years. The San Jose franchise is already scheduled to begin play in 91-92, and nine franchises are added by 2000, bringing the league to 30 teams. Tampa Bay and Ottawa begin to play in 1992. The Mighty Ducks and Florida Panthers begin in 1993, joined by the Predators and Thrashers, Wild, and Blue Jackets. And lastly, my boy, 
number one in your hearts, Henrik Lundqvist, in 2017, earned his 419th NHL win when the Rangers defeated the Devils 5-2 at MSG. Lundqvist passed Hockey Hall of Famer Tony Esposito for the second most wins by a goalie with one franchise in NHL history. He trails and still trails only Martin Brodeur, who had 688 of his NHL record, 691 wins with the New Jersey Devils. I would just love when the French guys would say, Martin Brodeur. That's all I love yeah. about that. Made, it, made him even more of a douche. <laughs> I, I got to find, um, when I was working for Lowell, he actually broke the most wins game. And I have like a signed poster thing. They gave it to all, this, all the guys in the office there. I just don't know where the hell I put it. I got to find it. Yeah, before anybody gets misconstrued here, Brodor is a douche just like David Ortiz is a douche in my eyes because he tormented me my entire childhood as a Rangers fan. I think it was like 23 straight games the Rangers lost to the Devils, all the Stanley Cups in New Jersey that I had to watch as the Rangers missed the playoff eight years in a row. That's why he's a douche. I've, he's probably just as much of a nice guy as David, as David Ortiz, but both of them can, you know, go fuck off because of what they did to my teams. Yeah, just ruining my childhood. <laughs> like, literally, and then growing up with a brother who's a Devils fan didn't help it either. Well, but, I was going to say, uh, you know, anytime there, there's a beef across the river, that's that's the biggest thing. <laughs> uh, who do you got for shout-outs? Uh, who do I have for shout-outs? Yeah, it's a weird week, right? Yeah, it's a strange week. I, I've had a weird week. I actually have a, a a test tomorrow at work to uh, to prove my worth in the uh, the uh, machinery, the operating equipment, to see if I get the job. And I'm telling you right now, Benny, if I don't get this job, <laughs> I, I, I am coming for that operations manager's ass. Like me and him, we're like it, I'm I'm going. I'm gonna say as much as fisticuffs is probably All gonna right. happen because. I've been waiting for this motherfucker for a couple of years now. And it's like, we're going to cross path. And like, that's going to be the one where it's going to be like, you know what? We're dropping the gloves. Like it'll be Cam Neely, Ulf Samuelson style where I'm not asking the question. I'm just throwing, just I'm just throwing. I'm and, asking, I'm telling. And, and you know, what? and then I will put every heart beat I have into this podcast because then I won't have a job. So I will be here all day, just pumping out content. Yeah, and I'm sure Redder would love that. <laughs> yeah, she'd love that. She'd your, love... How was your day? We talked about which city we would play in. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm <laughs> fucking sweating out of the basement with no heat. I'm, I'm cooking down here. <laughs> uh, just don't forget to bring your number two pencil for the screen, uh, Scantron. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, shout out for me this week. Yeah, like here it's kind of an off week just because I feel like with everything kind of picking back up COVID-wise, everybody's back to being isolated. It's not really mingling too much or even... Am I mingling? Not even like really talking too much to people. So it's kind of like a weird slash eerie feeling since right before Thanksgiving. Um, but I don't know. Shout out First Lady. And let's see. I want to give a shout out to a uh, little Cam Cam Bigelow for growing, a, growing the fuck up way too quick. That he is. You got the little hair going and all that. I'm like, dude, you you better keep those toddler girls Heartbreaker. away from you. Like, I can't be a, I can't be a grand granddaddy at this young of an age. You know, I still got a couple more years to go. <laughs> but yeah, so we'll see what happens during the week. Hopefully, because with all the quarantine period that's required for both Canada and the U.S. for people coming out, that's two weeks minimum. So it sounds like the NHL is going to have to kind of finalize for real 
within like the next five to six days. So hopefully by next broadcast, next recording, we have a finalized setup, like for real. And I'm I won't believe it until I see it. I'm just concerned at the last moment the NHL is going to go to the NHLPA and say. We need more kickbacks, and the player's going to go, hell no, and then we're going to be stuck. That's exactly what I think because, you know, it seems like their agreement on the games and the start date's there, but the owners still want more money. And without people in the stands and concessions, it's going to be hard for them to get that more money. There's already been talk of them putting the escrow even higher, which I know the players want to put their foot down against, but in what has been released right now, there's been no talk of any of that. So... I think once as those talks do heat up, it'll be very interesting as to whether this does happen or not. Yeah, it's the billionaires asking the millionaires for more money. Um, I know I've referenced them once just because you said that, and it brings up a great point. Uh, the Missing Curfew podcast with former NHLers uh, Scotty Upshaw, Shane O'Brien, and Jimmy Hayes. Scotty Upshaw brought that up. He goes, You know, I find it crazy how the NHL owners constantly ask to borrow play like money from their players. He goes, (laughs) he goes, why don't they ask the government? The government's handing out zero percent or very low percent interest loans. He goes, but they always ask the players. They always raise the escrow. He goes, and it's crazy because the NHLPA and everybody else, we have to set up these audits. Yeah, because you know owners always find a way to hide their money. He goes. Till this day, I'm still getting checks from like 2015 because a deferred salary. <laughs> he said, be, not even deferred salary. He goes because um, I'll just use Nashville for an example. It's not Nashville, so I'm just using them as you know. Nashville had X amount of dollars in concession revenue, so that's why we have to audit these owners so we can get this money back. He goes, so I still get checks to this day because these guys went and audited and said, well, technically you sold X amount this night, but you only cashed in for this amount. And it's like, it's fucking insane. And he does have a great point as to how the owners are constantly charging their employers, a.k.a. the players, to bail them out of this. So, yeah, I do yeah, think this is like a, having an alcoholic dad who gambled away to t- the family's mortgage and now needs a little bit of help from the teenage son. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But don't worry. Daddy's going to hit on the Thursday night game and definitely have it to you by su- Saturday. But I mean, listen, I'm going to go to OTB on Sunday. I, I have a system. Yeah, I know I was, how to pick the right horses. Yeah, I was going to say, he goes from football to the horses, and then hopefully football can save him again on Sunday. <laughs> oh. I got this Sunday night game. It's all right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Don't worry. There's still a game on Monday, too. We'll be all right, kid. <laughs> uh, but everybody, thank you as always. Um, as we get the info, you'll get the info. We'll keep pushing the info out via social media. Um, yeah, I mean, as for our Euro players, we fed, feel bad for you coming back over and being locked up in quarantine, but uh, we will see you guys when uh, time is right. Get everybody then. Bye-bye.
Oh, oh, oh. 